Hey guys, welcome back. BDCKR here, and we're back with our weekly Q&A, Season 8, Episode 57. And if you'll notice, I am here without my partner, Crime, who is in the middle of exams and a lot of projects. So good luck, flying solo this week. And so I'm doing something different, a little bit of a mashup between our Q&A and a multiplayer team. And you'll, you might have noticed, because it's a team that we haven't played before, and it was inspired by a couple of questions one was from Akil Fortaleza. Do me a favor. I'm probably butchering your name. Let me know in the comments how to pronounce your name properly. Akil says, hey guys, thanks for the weekly updates. Just wanted to ask if you got character tier list. In your opinion, is the strongest gold character setup. And then Awesome Gamer 2 for 1 says, hello BDCKR. Have you thought about doing some sort of tier list on the characters in the game? I think it would be quite interesting considering how long you guys have been playing this game. And if that wasn't enough, what finally pushed me over the edge to do this was a tier list in the Injustice subreddit that was posted by Hugh Janus. And I'll link that into the description. And there was an interesting discussion in the comments about the tier list. So here's the thing. Everybody loves tier lists. People have been asking us about them and asking us to do them for literally years. And I can totally see the appeal. It's a conversation starter. No one ever completely agrees with every choice and you get lots of disagreements, lots of discussion, and the disagreements disagreements become even more common when some players don't have every card. Because here's the thing, I think. If they can't play it, but they have to fight against it, that colors how they feel about a card. Sometimes it's because a card is easy to beat and then they undervalue it because, let's face it, the AI doesn't, fight nearly as well, doesn't have as good a strategy as real people playing. And sometimes they're hard to beat and then they overvalue it. So here's the other thing, right? Making a fight drag isn't anything we're trying to do with our own team, but that's what makes the AI more difficult. And the other thing too, I guess, is the AI has some advantages that we don't have. For example, they can complete a combo that gets blocked which means some of the AI's ability with the character doesn't translate to when you're using them yourself. Other things that may have an impact, right? Players don't always have every gear, so they can't maximize a particular card's potential and don't understand how good someone could be. Players might also be at different stages, so maybe they don't have the experience that would let them decide what actually works better, and they're really limited by who they can use. But I think the biggest problem with tier lists that I'm hoping to address, and we touched on that in the discussion in the Injustice subreddit, is that they've generally considered cards in isolation. And I, I know that in the tiers discussion, sometimes there's a bit of lip service to how good they can be, but they're overwhelmingly ranked according to how good they would be in a one-on-one -on -one fight. And I think that's probably the biggest mistake. It's never how we play them. It's always a team of three. Even if there's some fights, we might not get to play all three of them. But it's really a team of three. So there's the synergy, potentially, between the three characters. Which is why I think a lot of the tier lists of individual characters are really hard to do. And the same way when we do our weekly recaps and we are talking about multiplayer gears based on the maxed out versions of them, I think we should be doing our tier list based on the optimized versions, which means ideal gear, ideal augmentations, and ideal teammates. And augmentations is probably less so, only because there's certain cards, for example, like the Flashpoint team, where the crit damage uh, and the crit chance, when they're boosted, 
make everything like that's when they are the best um so in my mind like the way people do tiers they often do like an s like the really top tier and then a b c d you know letters down and in my mind there are some s tier teams right so i already touched on this the flashpoint team with the usual speed grinding gear loadout aquaman in first slot then there's Hawkgirl, Batgirl, Lucha Grabane team, you know, because now that you got both Cloak of Destiny and Necron Scythe, you can swap back and forth for the stun enhanced special one with both Hawkgirl, sorry, with both Batgirl and Lucha Grabane and Hawkgirl means that you're never vulnerable because you can just swap out so quickly. Then there's the Justice League team uh, with New 52 Wonder Woman that we demonstrate on a lot of weeks and almost every Phantom Zone week. Uh, there's just so many combos of Aquaman, Batman, Superman that we've done that not only can you really get through multiplayer fights fast in regular seasons, but you can really race through Phantom Zone. And the last one I mentioned in that discussion was the Arkham Knight team. And what I started talking about was Arkham Knight Batman with Arkham Knight Batgirl and then sticking somebody else. So here's the thing. Um, I've given that a bit more thought. And the team you're seeing is another variation on the Arkham team, but not full Arkham. And I think when I was able to get away from the idea that an Arkham team had to be all Arkham was when the potential for this was really unlocked. And I think it's in a lot of ways, it's very much like the Killer Frost Earth 2 team, right? So you've got Earth 2 Solomon Grundy, who's got uh, power dampening, Killer Frost, who has independent power dampening, and all of a sudden you just can't if you're facing them you just don't generate any power at all the main uh danger of this team i, I should get this out of the way is if facing a blackest night flash team um and i if i can find the footage i will pull it up but it's not impossible it's just a lot more difficult and then you have to plan around how you're going to do it so that you minimize the effect of giving them a huge amount of power and a lot of healing it's almost becomes like a, one of the survivor fights. Um, the biggest change was, okay, so Arkham Knight Batgirl, I think without a doubt, she has to be on the team. But instead of having a third Arkham character with Batgirl and Catwoman, it's Wonder Woman 600. Once Arkham Knight Batgirl and Catwoman are there, then it, it almost becomes easier to realize that Wonder Woman 600 has this great passive of boosting damage but boosting power generation so it's worth having her there and to give up a slot because now Arkham Knight Catwoman with Tantu Totem and Master's Death card normally you would need to put make her third slot something power gen so that she's guaranteed to get two bars each time when she comes up because if you don't then she might just come in with a bar in a bit and then that, you have to lose your position a little bit or you need to spend a bit of time generating power. And so this leaves her third slot free instead of power gen, because Wonder Woman 600 is doing it, you get to give her Quake Engine. And all of a sudden, um, we not only boost her damage over time, but we boost her special two. Her special two has reduced damage about 75% of what you would normally get at her attack level because it's got a status effect. 
Now, 75% is still actually pretty good because a lot of other sort of effects reduce the damage in half. And for example, Regime Superman does only half of the damage that he's supposed to for his damage level because it's unblockable. Quake Engine boosts the amount of damage on somebody who doesn't have, uh, who has less than a bar of power. And you also transfer her damage over time to the next character that, that tags in, which is absolutely brilliant, right? Because what you're doing is you're really leaning into the damage over time. The other place where, well, I mean, the main place where it costs you, two, two places actually. Uh, Catwoman does less damage over time than she would with another Arkham Knight character, which you're making up for with the Quake Engine. And Arkham Knight Batgirl only revives one teammate, so Wonder Woman 600 is not that hardy. So, but it gives us a little bit more flexibility and one variation. I mean, a lot of times what you want to do is have Arkham Knight Batgirl, you want her to have to really take advantage of the, the ability to stun. And a lot of times that means you want to give her a bar of power. We're doing the opposite. So she's got no guarantee she's going to power. We're going to rely on Wonder Woman 600 to help her get to bar power. But if she doesn't get there, we're double loading her with the stun boosted damage with Necron Scythe and Cloak of Destiny. But we're giving her basic damage gear that boosts her crit chance and boosts her basic damage. Instead of, say, League of Assassin's Knives, which would increase her power gen and do a bunch of splash damage on the opponent's teammates because one, if she doesn't have a bar, we do a swipe combo that can often be enough to knock out her opponent if they're stunned. When you're using both Scythe and Cloak, it's it's never really a po- problem. And that means, um, well, if you were relying on splash damage, it's not actually that valuable on Arkham Knight Batgirl if you're playing her right to save your team, your teammates, because hopefully Arkham Knight Catwoman has already taken care of one or two of her opponents before Batgirl comes in to save her. And there's fewer opponents, so the splash damage actually has less impact. Um, one thing that I was pleasantly surprised at with Catwoman is how fast she can trigger another special when she's finished her previous one. So if you're looking here, say, like at um, Martian Manhunter, if she'd had her power back while he was invulnerable she would have been able to really quickly do another special, even when he's got bar of power, because the time between when she finishes and she can start the next one is really ridiculously short. And that makes it easier in general to handle somebody on the other team with Astro Harness. Um, and the chance of getting some power back using Quake Engine also is useful because if her special two lands on somebody with Astro Harness, holding onto some power, even if it's not enough to bring it all back, it's often um, enough to take their power so that they're not as dangerous to us when their invulnerability is over. Oh, and he's blocked. But it doesn't do him any good. Oh, there's their Catwoman. And see, we, we've drained their power. It's actually quite good. 
So maybe we can talk about the one vulnerability then is that um, I guess we're lucky we haven't seen Blackest Night Flash. It's still worth trying, if only because unless the character that you're facing has an extra revive on top of what Hawkgirl gives them, you can usually knock them out. So it's three on two. They are generating quite a bit of power and healing. Um, but then that's where Arknight Batgirl comes in because she's going to be useful uh, as long as you're not facing Blackest Night Flash to generate a bunch of power, do one of her special ones, unblockable a lot of the time, and does a huge amount of damage with the stun. So with just one bar of power, she's going to be able to knock the other guy out. And I think that's really it. The The... The sweet spot for this... Alright, so this is nice. We'll be able to just do a bunch of um, attacks while he's invulnerable and not leave ourselves vulnerable to a counter-attack. See what I mean? So there, she got a bar, bar of power back. He actually had to tag out. So Wonder Woman is the interesting thing. I, I, I haven't talked about about her much she's there's so many options in this particular fight we've given her two power generating gears the two best power generating gears which are um, heart of darkness and league of assassin's knives that was a mistake we should have saved arkham knight Batgirl to save catwoman but uh if we're doing this right it won't really matter so she's got cloak um sorry claw of horus and that's mainly because as a support character we could try to make her stronger and that could be um stronger to eat damage as a tank or we could make her stronger offensively but because she's relatively low attack compared to our other characters it feels like it's more useful to make her um useful in a fight by shattering the other team's gears and that gives her um a utility that doesn't require really trying to bump up her stats. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. Like the multi-hits from Catwoman, if she does enough damage, she really could take out a couple characters. And even if she doesn't take them out, she can start bleeding on somebody else. And with the amount of bleed damage she does, it's pretty impressive. So last fight, that was pretty quick. I mean, we're, we're looking at 15 minutes. That's pretty decent. For a, a double ultimate ladder. And we're almost done. So one of the strategies, you see Raven, she's got a bar of power. I want to make sure that Catwoman's attack is doing the most damage with Quake Engine. So it slows us down a bit, but it makes a huge amount of sense to let Wonder Woman... 600 triggered the special so that Catwoman's coming clean and doing the most damage that she can. And that's it. Pretty good team. Top tier team. If I had to make a tier list, this would be right up there among the different teams, but also among the Arkham teams. So thank you so much for watching. And a special thank you to our patrons on Patreon. And that would be Victor Gomez, Consul Peasant, and Edwin at the top tier of Last Word, Cinemac, and Mohamed El Shady at the Your Message Here tier, 
Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., Irving Ruiz, and Eddie Dew at the credited level, and Chris Wolf, Scarlett Danny, Awesome Gamer 2 for 1, Pavu RS, Gavin Malott, and Isfra E at the gratitude level. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. Komoda.